the powerful surrender is you're in union with your vision and you're surrendering into the full expression of the vision. So that means that you're listening deeply. You're looking up. So you're not just down in the grind of life. You're actually looking up. You're creating spaciousness, allowing for a bio break, for allowing for self-love, self-care, relaxing in between and not just grinding all day long. And so you can love every single day because you're not overwhelmed. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It's your gal, Carly. I am so glad that we are going to be in this special conversation today. And I just really want to say at the top of this episode, before we do anything else, how deeply moved I am by the way our messy and magnificent podcast community is growing. We only started this podcast back in November, so it's been less than a year. And this month, we're going to reach over 10,000 listens. And I just want you to know that we are growing as a community as each of us continues to show up for ourselves and that this is the space for you to show up exactly as you are. So on the weeks when you're feeling challenged, I'm here. On the weeks when you've got wins to celebrate, I'm here. We are not going anywhere. And I really appreciate the ways that you keep showing up for yourself with these episodes and then keeping the conversation going in between episodes on social media. This is where we really get to unpack these new ideas or topics that we're discussing on each episode. We really do rise well together. And somebody posted a beautiful review on iTunes. So a quick shout out here to ISRRBW Gold. They said, it speaks to me. Five stars. I love this podcast. Every episode speaks to me in so many ways. Carly is a gift to us all. First of all, thank you, ISRRBW Gold, for jumping into this conversation, for being a part of this community, and reminding us of that last sentence, us all. We are in this together. We are the first generations of women who are pioneering a way to have a career and health and relationships that are all thriving at the same time. And your voice really matters to me. So if you're tuning into this episode, make sure you go leave a review over on iTunes so that I can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Now, this week, I did an unusual thing. I did a couple session with this lovely couple in Australia. And I don't usually work with pairs of people at the same time, at least not romantic couples. But one of the women in their partnership was telling me how she feels like her head is telling her one thing around what her next step should be. And her heart is telling her something different. <laughs> she said something like, Carly, I'm a logical thinker. I like plan. I like structure. I like sticking to what I have scheduled. But I also know that my heart is wise. So how do I know which one to listen to? And as our conversation went on, it drifted into a couple more of the most common threads of thought driven women brush up against. She, she said to me, okay, Carly, 
I am used to doing the most. I want to relax more, but how do I do that without messing things up, right? I don't want everything I've worked so hard for to fall apart. And then, of course, the other thing that's really important for a lot of women as we begin to grow and evolve and become closer to what we value is as, you know, she's getting clear about what she cares about, she's realizing that she doesn't fit in with the same people or the same type of works that she used to be closest to. And so it's like, now what? What do I do if I'm outgrowing where I've been? So if you ever find yourself asking similar questions about, you know, hearing your heart and your head and wondering how to get them on the same page so that you don't feel pulled in a few directions at the same time, or you're wondering how to stop that hustle that opened some doors for you, it worked for you for a while, but now it's sucking you dry, or you're in that liminal space, that leap between who you used to be and who you are becoming, and you're wondering where you belong now, well, this is the episode for you. Because <laughs> hot diggity, <laughs> we have a special guest who joined us today. So Marla Madison is an internationally recognized expert working with thought leaders and partners in love and business. And what I love about Marla's work is that she uses her background in neuroscience and mathematics to guide couples and individuals to uncover the hidden patterns in their relationships and business that they can unlock their passion, their financial success, and unlimited joy. So she brings a really unique perspective to relationship and intimacy by looking at data, neurology, and how our brain functions. So over the course of her 20 plus years in this career, Marla has helped thousands of people, including Academy Award winning actors that you know and heard of, producers and directors, professional athletes and coaches, Grammy Award winning artists, and you might have even seen her in the New York Times. You'll see her popping up in Forbes and Oprah's magazines and on the major networks, NBC, ABC, just to name a few. And she works with Julian Kolker, her love, life, and business partner. So what's really neat about Marla is she walks the talk of real intimacy. She actually works in partnership with her romantic partner. So they have had plenty of opportunity to brush up against all the things that bubble up in our interpersonal relationships and share not just the data and the science, but very authentically about what's coming up for them in their world. And you're going to hear her share some of that today. We went over the five types of intimacy, including intellectual intimacy, meaning how connected you are with your heart, your brain, your financial health, and more. And then Marla shared with us some very practical tools, such as the five steps that allow us to receive more so that we can put down the hustle that got us here and finally begin to have more help. So with no further ado, here is Marla Madison. So Marla, thank you so much for being here on Messy and Magnificent. I'm so excited to be here. This is already really fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Marla and I have already spotted a number of synchronicities before the recording even started. And this is really, I take that as a sign. I like these winks from the universe that you're in conversation with somebody with some shared ideas and some shared values. So I really, I cherish, I cherish you being here. So Marla, part of what fascinates me about your work is that you look at intimacy through the lens of neuroscience and mathematics. 
And I can't tell you how many women, in fact, just yesterday I was doing a session with a woman in Australia and she was telling me about how her head tells her one thing and her heart tells her something different. And she was talking about finding union there. So I'm so curious, how is working in the fields of neurology and mathematics, how does that give you a different perspective on intimacy and relationship? Wow, that is a big question. And I love it. I love it. Let's chunk it down. So intimacy, when we hear the word intimacy, most people think physical intimacy or emotional intimacy, and we work behind the scenes in all the realms of intimacy. So financial intimacy, how intimate are you with your finances, right? Intellectual intimacy, like philosophy and again, your intellect, how connected are you with your brain, right? And emotional intimacy, of course, as your heart. And spiritual intimacy, how connected are you with the oneness of the world, the oneness of the universe, and that we're all connected? And which frequency are you connected to? Are you connected to, you know, the vibration and the matrix of love? Or are you connected to the vibration and the matrix of fear, right? And so in the spiritual realm of intimacy, those are the questions we go deeper into. And then, of course, physical intimacy. So the five intimacies of, you know, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, financial, and physical, those are the main realms that we delve into. And I, when I say we, I say me and my partner, Julian Kolker, he and I run our business together, business, love, and life partners. And so a lot of this actually, before you can get to union with any of the intimacies, it's actually about holding dualities. So it's about my head and my heart, and they are not in union. They are separate in your mind, right? They're separate. They feel separate. Your head is telling you one thing. Your heart is telling you something else. And if you can expand to allow yourself to experience both at the same time, instead of just being led by your head or being led by your heart, right? If you're being led by your heart 100% in your business and your head's not involved and your logic is not involved, guess what's going to happen? Eventually it's going to tank, right? And if you're only in your intellect and your logic and you're not in your heart and your business, then what's going to happen? You might build a phenomenal business. It might be a seven-figure business, an eight-figure business, and you'll probably hate it because your heart's not involved. So it's about first acknowledging the dualities and getting comfortable being uncomfortable in that stretch in that expansion of holding both at the same time. And then once you experience that and you relax into the full surrender of it, then you start to realize, oh my God, they're part of the same thing. And then you get the, the wonder and the awe and the delight and the joy of life that shine through, through you, through your business, through your beingness and through everything that you are, literally how you're showing up from moment to moment throughout the day. And so the math and the neuroscience, that's my background. You know, I always bring a logical approach to very emotional material so that people can understand logically what's happening during their emotional material. And then we can move from there. I have (laughs) appreciation for everything that you just said. I can see why you said that. This this is a big answer because that was everything. (laughs) What you just said was everything. We talk a lot here about the concept of and right? This idea that we're not just one thing or this other thing, that we can be many things at the same time. But I've never looked at it through the lens that you just described it in terms of how that is the invitation to expand rather than having to go all one direction or go all the other direction. But this stretch, I love that you use the word stretch because it certainly can feel like a stretch. I'll speak for myself. 
when we allow ourselves to feel or experience all that we are. So this idea that the invitation to connect with the five, these five specific pillars that you just outlined beautifully is the call to expand into something larger and to have greater capacity in our career or in our relationship or, or in our health. Now, you just said something really interesting, Namar. Like you said, when we surrender into that, that this is when union happens or this sense of, sounds like wholeness. Tell me if I'm getting that right. Or the sense of being fully engaged, not being fragmented with our energy in different directions, but being full. But how does a person, like many of us who are career driven, we've had to pull up our bootstraps, do all the work, surrender is the kind of word that sounds great on paper. <laughs> but if our logical brain has been at the helm for a long time, the brain might have a hard time understanding, okay, what does surrender look like? And part of what I love about what you and I were just speaking about is you're so good at making things actionable, at making them doable. So what's the first step into surrender? What does that even look like? Yes. Okay. So I love that you're asking about that. So surrender, I think a lot of people feel into that word and they think there's some sort of a letting go of control and maybe even a weakness involved in that. And that is not what I mean at all. What I mean here is powerful surrender, which means you're observing yourself and you're centered and you're being guided by your vision. Whether your vision is to be the vibration of joy every day in your household, whether it's to be a loving space for your children to come to be able to tell you what's going on with them, whether it's to drive your business into having a huge impact in the world, whatever your vision is, whether it's there's no opinion on any way, which way on what your vision is, you're the only one who really knows what it is. And it's a very secret sort of desire until you start living that vision. And so the powerful surrender is you're in union with your vision and you're surrendering into the full expression of the vision. So that means that you're listening deeply. You're listening, you're looking, you're looking up. So you're not just down in the grind of life. You're actually looking up you're creating spaciousness, like we spoke about before the call in your calendar. Both of us have uh, at least a half hour break in between any session or any call for, for spaciousness, for allowing for a bio break, for allowing for self-love, self-care, relaxing in between and not just grinding all day long. And so you can love every single day because you're not overwhelmed. So powerful surrender means you pre-plan in advance. What does your calendar look like on a daily basis? What does your calendar look like on a weekly basis? Look at it from a monthly basis. Look at it from a quarterly basis. Look at it from an annual basis. So sometimes I love to work, work, work like for a whole month. And then the next month, I like it real sparse. And then the next month, I like to go in. And so it's about knowing what your natural rhythms are. And when we were traveling more, you know, it was like travel, 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 a month off, travel, travel you know, two months off. And so it's really feeling into your natural rhythms and allowing for that. So powerful surrender is this concept that we developed that is about listening deeply, observing what is showing up in your life and using it as a tool for growth intentionally and allowing yourself to expand your capacity to receive more and more and more and more in your life. 
which means you probably are going to be delegating more and more and more in your life. It doesn't mean you do more and more and more. It means you receive more and more and more and more flows through you. That is, you know, as you break that down, as I, and I hear you talking about, A, just the phrase powerful surrender is going to stick with me, right? And that it's not this just taking our oars out of the water. If we've been doing the paddling for a long time, it's not just suddenly removing the oars and, and going with the flow generically, but that there's an intentionality to the type of surrender. And if I hear you correctly, it sounds like starting with something as simple as scheduling space yes. for undedicated time for what needs to be of service that day in that moment. These are the 15 minutes in between my meetings or for you and I, the 30 minutes or yes. the, the five minute, you know, space where I walk to get myself a cup of tea, but having just this room. So surrender starts with space. Yes. Yes. Surrender starts and with creative space. time, you know, scheduling creative time, which is time for nothing. That's what creative time is. So you, you know, we have Thursday is creative time. And so we schedule chunks of time where there's just This is the time for us to be receiving from the universe. This is the time for us to look at the beautiful view we have and take in from the ocean and and ask Mother Earth, how do you want us to be of service? Ask for guidance from the guides, you know, from source and where it's coming from beyond me. And it's also sometimes even very logistically, like going back into old notes in my phone and excavating from 2015 or, you know, like, what was I thinking about back then? And is it still relevant now? It's excavation time, time to paint, time to draw, time to, you know, really nourish and nurture yourself so that you have your well filled on a weekly basis. But this is so powerful because there's no way for Marla to know this, but we just launched an episode specifically about the types of time and the way we spend them at work. And one of them was talking about dedicating to creative time, just that space, right? Where you're doodling on your notepad or you're going for an unusual walk around the block or something that gives that expansiveness. And what it sounds like to me, and tell me if I'm getting this right, is that the way you're describing surrender is that there's an intentionality about it. And being intentional with what goes in our calendar rather than being reactive, right? So not just putting on every request that people make of us for our time, but to be intentionally looking at our calendar and saying, oh, wait, is there a creative space this week? Let me get one in there, right? Or have I dedicated some time for just thinking next month like or resting or being more active or whatever it is that that's being called? But it sounds like there's an intentionality to surrender. So talk about duality. Yeah. And both things being true at the same time. It's the act of surrender requires some intention. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise you open yourself up to the flow of the collective consciousness and you open yourself up to the flow of your old family lineage default patterns and you open yourself up to the flow of what you already know. And it's not going into the unknown with an intention So, you know, the idea of spaciousness and increasing your capacity to receive is all about how much unknown am I willing to experience? And that's kind of what we're faced with these days, right? Aren't we all kind of living in the unknown? We were living in it before anyway, but (laughs) But we're acutely aware of it. If there was any illusion that we could plan things, the illusion is gone, right? Or the illusion is is stepping to the side. Absolutely. That's That's right. Yeah. Well, you're tapping on something. So there's a few things that I really appreciate about Marla. 
And when we were having this informal conversation before we started recording, I asked her the question that I ask a lot of people, which is, what's in your head or your heart that wants to be heard right now? What's coming through? And Marla, you talked about the vulnerability that a lot of us are feeling in the world right now. And, you know, your joy of talking about what goes on behind the scenes. (laughs) So already we're talking about that behind the scenes of how we schedule our time and what it takes and what it takes to do that. But when you talk about the collective consciousness, I think about how if we don't consciously pause and create the schedule we want, we will unconsciously live the life handed to us. And so when you talk about the collective consciousness and the vulnerability going on in the world, what are a couple ways that you're seeing that show up within your practice? How are you seeing that present within women right now? It's a really challenging time for a lot of people right now. And I, and I want to honor that because everyone has their own personal experience with the world at this time. I'm on the board of directors of two charter schools in Los Angeles, and we work with marginalized students and inner city kids. And I work with the teachers from time to time and the staff and helping them with mental health and and uplifting staff. People who are in the daily grind of really working on the ground level, the nurses, the firefighters, all the practitioners who are really hands-on with people, they're tapped into what we call the collective consciousness, which is more of the fear-based mentality of the world right now. And so when those people used to leave their house and go to work and be able to have a separation of home life and work life, and now, at least in the United States, I'll just speak for the United States here, you know, most schools, unless they're very small schools, are all doing online learning right now. And they're doing, you know, distance learning. And some are doing hybrid models, but most are really doing a distance model. So instead of being able to leave your house to go to your job and have separation and then have your uh, commute time to off gas and then come home and be fresh and refresh, it's all in the mix at home now behind the scenes. And by the way, you're teaching your class and then you have your kid running around who's trying to learn on, you know, and there's so much happening behind the scenes that has never happened before on such a collective level. And so what do you do on a daily basis to keep your own behind the scenes clean, pristine, and uplifted so that you can be the frequency of joy and so that you can be that frequency of love and help uplift? And there's a big challenge going on with that. That combined with, in this country, we have a hard work ethic where it's a positive thing in the collective because it was from the Puritans who came over and working hard is a positive thing that if you're not working hard somehow, and women are, are, you know, we're kind of the worst at this. We somehow think if we're not working hard, it's not valuable. And so the idea here is what we call GEDGIF, which is grace, ease, joy, and flow. Okay, hold on. Say that again. (laughs) That's beautiful. GEDGIF. Grace, ease, joy, and flow. GEDGIF. Mm. Gracie's joy and flow. And that is not part of the collective. Grace and ease is not part of the collective yet. Those of us who are on this path of bringing forth our businesses with grace and ease, in manifesting more abundance financially with grace and ease, with being the vibration of joy and being in the flow, those of us who are at the forefront of that are uplifting humanity 
to be able to see that hard work is actually a lower vibration of how you create and manifest your life. And so if you create and manifest from that vibration of grind and hard work, then what you're doing unintentionally is you're throwing a bomb into the future that you're going to need to dismantle or it's going to blow up in your face because if you're not experiencing the grace and ease in, in the pre-manifestation, when you receive it, it will not feel graceful and it won't feel joy-filled. It will feel like, oh my God, I can't even celebrate it. I got to move on to the next thing. This is tremendous what you just shared because I've never looked at it through this type of, of linear look at time because a lot of the women that I work with, you know, we begin coaching together because they've had a business or a career for a little while and they did the hustle thing because that was what was required to get a foot in the door. So that hustle, I don't want to judge it because it's what got us somewhere, right? It's what got the ball rolling, especially Absolutely. if you weren't handed, you know, your career or handed the opportunity to have education. So you, you did what needed to happen to get there. But that hustle I find within my practice is the exact same thing that will roadblock us from getting to the next, to the next level. That's right. And as you, des- as you describe this, I see it a little bit differently and in playing with the sense of time. It's that, that hustle mentality setting off a bomb in the future because here we are with a certain level of success. And that could even just look like, hey, I can pay my bills now. Or I have enough income coming in that I can choose the school I send my kid to. Or I'm able to volunteer with this organization. You know, it it can look a number of different ways, but then we don't actually get to enjoy it. So all this obsession with making progress prevents us from enjoying what is good in the present moment. Yes. And I, you know, I want to highlight something you said, you know, hustle is a very important stage. It is very effective. It is very effective. Hustle is effective. And from time to time, you want to actually hustle a bit. It's just that it's also limiting. It has limitations. It's not infinite. You can't receive through hustle infinitely. Why? Because time, if you're doing the hustle, is finite because it happens. You only have 24 hours in a day. And then your resources become finite. And so when you when you move primarily from hustle Yes, it's effective. And yes, you're going to get to a certain level of success. But I'm sure you've probably heard and many, hopefully your listeners have also heard that what gets you to six figures won't get you to multiple six figures. And what gets you to multiple six figures won't get you to seven figures. And it's because the hustle needs to transform into collaboration, into allowing, into receiving and receiving is a, is, is a real interesting one. And I have, we have a, a five steps of receiving that I'd love to share with you also. Oh, please. And, yes. <laughs> and receiving is not just receiving all the good and the wonderful. Receiving means you're willing to receive the spectrum of from good to bad, from yay to nay, from the entire spectrum of what's possible, which also means the reflection of how you're showing up in the world. So for example, when I'm being a bitch behind the scenes, which happens from time to time, I get that reflection from my amazing loving partner who will not let me bulldoze over him. And he reflects for me, you know, your words are unkind right now. Can you change that for me? Mm -hmm. I'd really appreciate it, you know? And in those really awful times where there's what we call double activation, where I'm activated, he's activated and pow, pow, We get a nice explosion. I don't know if you can see it from where you live, but, you know, from time to time that happens. And then what do we do with that? And how do we move through that and become best friends again? So it's not about being perfect. It's about how quickly can you 
become aware, which is always the first step. How quickly can you become aware? Oh, oh yeah, I'm being unkind with my words. I'm being unkind with my tone and get that and receive that reflection. Let the ego burn up inside. And then you can start making choices more in collaboration. So I know that was a lot. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And when I, you know, and when I pause, it's because I'm absorbing the wealth of what you just said, because just, just that little, you know, soundbite alone could be an entire novel. What you just explained is this pathway from, you know, hustle back to this space of being able to receive and of being in the flow again, which sounds like another form of, of surrender, right? So the honoring yeah. that the hustle is important in getting us started and at these other moments as appropriate and that there are other ways of operating and that hustle isn't the one size fits all method that solves everything, right? It, it addresses certain things and not other things. And when you talk about, now I've got this visual, I'm a visual thinker, Marla, of this hustle bomb going off, right? Where it's like the day hits when you realize I can no longer sustain this. That's right. right. And that, right? Like, okay, so this thing that I used to be able to do, and I know for a lot of women, actually I'll say for every single private client that I've ever had, there's some type of perplexing health symptom that shows up mm -hmm. that alerts them to this idea that, okay, I need to make a change, whether that's just, you know, migraines becoming, you know, bigger, can no longer pop an aspirin for a simple symptom. It's becoming really noticeable. It's messing with their game. So sometimes the hustle bomb looks like a physical symptom. Sometimes you know why it looks that's like, true? Oh, yeah, why it's, is that? Why do you say that? I know you do know why, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's so important for all of us, for even me to hear again. It's when we don't listen to the whisper and we wait for the big problem. And for women in particular, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too from time to time, we don't learn to put ourselves first. We learn to put everybody else first and make sure everybody else is okay. That's just sort of like, you know, how girls are raised is not to be selfish and, you know, and to put themselves first. That's changing, of course. That's definitely changing. And it's so much easier to say, well, I have to take care of myself because I have these migraines. Well, I have to take care of myself because I've got this stomach problem. I have to take care of myself now because I've got this thing. And now I have a good excuse for why I need to take the space and the time to take a whole week off. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm starting to feel a little tired. Therefore, I'm going to take the whole next week off, even though everything inside of me is telling me stay at the grind and stay in the hustle. I'm going to listen to that little tiny whisper and that little tiny whisper that's guiding me into my greatness with more grace and ease. If I listen to that more, I get more of that. And if I listen more to the grind, I get more of that. So that's just it. I mean, that sums it up beautifully. It's what, what am I listening to? And of these options before me, which direction am I going to go? And you remind me of the story from many cultures of, you know, the two wolves, yes. you know, the wolf of fear and the wolf of love. And which wolf am I feeding here? And this is the part of the show where I get to give a shout out, which, you know, I really look forward to. And today I want to give an opportunity to give a shout out directly to you. We are about to record a new series of episodes for Messy and Magnificent, and nothing would mean more to me than getting to say a hello to you in an upcoming episode. So head on over to iTunes, just because that's one of the few podcast platforms that lets people leave written reviews. Leave a review. Put your real name or pseudonym or whatever you'd like me to refer to you as. 
live on an episode. Tell me one thing that has landed for you in an episode you've heard and feel free to ask me any questions you have too. If there's an episode you would love to hear me go deeper into around a topic we've discussed before, or perhaps there's something we haven't spoken to yet, I would love to do that with you. So please head on over to iTunes, leave a review, and I could be giving you a shout out on an episode very soon. The phrase that always comes up in my practice is, my body binds me to my truth. It mm-hmm. holds me accountable to living in alignment with what I value. You know, And as somebody who had chronic migraines for a long time, who will get them again when I'm ignoring my truth, that's my go-to sign. What you just said is resonates is so true for me because that was my awareness, what, 15 years ago, one day, and I'm laying in bed with a migraine and it occurred to me that is the only time I rest. Like right. that is the only time. And so that makes complete sense. There's one more piece to that. I just feel really compelled to share, which is when we don't listen until we absolutely have to, we're coming from unintentionally, and this is not to make anybody wrong. This is just to be an awareness of it. We're unintentionally coming from a place of being a victim, being a victim to life, being a victim to time, being a victim to our business. And so if you want to come out of that victimhood, and be an observer, then the idea is to observe and take action on what you observe. And when you see, oh, I'm looking at my calendar and it's booked for three weeks out and I have no space, you ask yourself, what's on my calendar that I can actually remove? Do I really need to be part of this? Am I feeding my ego account or am I feeding my bank account? Am I feeding my ego account by saying, yes, I'll be on this catch up call with this person that actually drains my energy every time? Or can I say, you know what? I don't want to have that call. I do want to have that call at some point, but maybe in a month, let them wait. You don't have to respond to everyone in their timing, right? Like let yourself have your timing because the idea here is you have choice. You are not a victim of life. And this is the thing when we were talking about, you know, hard work and grind and hustle. When you realize there's a choice, of Gracie's joy and flow, you can choose that. And sometimes it's harder to choose that because when you do that, you need to actually set boundaries around time, energy, attention, focus. And that's what's uncomfortable. It's not actually being in the grace and needs. I am so glad you just said that because one thing I've gotten really clear on is that this idea of pausing and this idea of creating breaks or having space to process or integrate, it sounds really good on paper. We all want it, but for a lot of driven folks, it's, it's not enjoyable. It's actually an anxiety-inducing stress ball to have that moment, you know? And, and so I can't tell you how many clients to give them an assignment to carve out five minutes. They're so excited, and then they report back to me how terrible that five minutes felt the first time, right, or the second time, and that it takes a little bit of, of unwinding and allowing, you know, what bubbles up to be there. And so I'm celebrating, as you're explaining this, anybody who's listening in who's daring to have the courage to sit with what bubbles up when you give yourself that space, right? So, so here I am, you know, reclaiming my time, putting in some space, carving out, you know, moments in my schedule or saying no to things that don't serve me. And the amount of courage that takes in a culture where women are taught that our worth is, a, is equated to how much we sacrifice or how much we put others before us. Yeah. So share, um, the five steps of receiving. 
Please, please. Let's just go through that real quick. I think it'll be really helpful for everybody. This is, again, about receiving the full spectrum. So let's just put it in a context. Let's say you're going to have a conversation with a potential client, a sales conversation. Okay. So is that a good example to use? That's a great example. Absolutely. Okay. And for people who are not in uh, business and you're not selling, you can think about a conversation you're going to have, a challenging conversation you're going to have with your partner, a friend or a family member that world also works. Okay. So, but I'm going to talk about a sales conversation. So before you get on the sales conversation, you ask yourself, number one, it's a yes or no question. Am I open to receive? Yes or no. Like, do I have too much going on to be in service to this other person who's going to have things to share with me? Who's going to be sharing their, their vulnerabilities with me? Okay. So am I open to receive? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. Question number two is how open am I to receive on a scale from zero to hundred percent? And you ask yourself internally, this is very subjective. You're asking yourself, well, how open am I? Oh, I got like all these things on my mind. I'm still hungry. I got about 50%. Well, if you're going to be in a sales conversation, you got to be at least at 75%. You got to be at least at 75% to receive somebody else's information to see if you can be of service to those people. Okay. So you want to check in there. Same with a partner, by the way, right? If you're only at 50% and they want to share something that's unpleasant with you, you better increase that capacity to receive more, okay? So you pause there. Question number three is, how easy can I allow this to be? So how much ease can I allow my receiving to have? And question number four is how fast can I allow my receiving? And what that means is if something negative comes my way, I don't let it get stuck inside of me. Like if my partner says to me, yeah, Marla, you're being very unkind and I'm receiving that. I can use that as a way to harm myself and have like a pinball thing inside of me, ding, 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 you know, like bouncing up against all my internal material, or I can like He's expressing, I'm receiving that. He's allowed to be, he's allowed to be in his expression. I want to receive that. And in a sales conversation, if somebody says, well, wow, you're really expensive. Why should I invest like that? And you're like, you know, and you have your internal reaction, let them have their expression, right? How fast can you allow that to flow through you? And all same thing with positive things. If someone gives you positive feedback, you don't take that in going, nom, 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 nom. you know, you don't take that in and go, oh yeah, I'm so wonderful. You just let that flow through you also. Okay. So you don't take on the praise. You don't take on the blame. And then the fifth one is how much joy can you have while you're receiving? And we forget that because when we're sort of like bracing for receiving sometimes, it's like, oh, wait, I can actually enjoy receiving. And that's how you really start to be of service, not only in sales conversations with potential clients, where you're not taking on their material, you're holding space and being of service. And also with partners, friends, family members, let them have their expression. Don't take it on. Be in your joy. Be happy that they have the courage to express to you and receive that. You remind me of, so I was raised in a yoga ashram and, you know, we would talk a lot about this idea of witness consciousness in yoga, this idea that we could just witness. So let's say you're doing a downward facing dog and you're just noticing your body's response, your mind's response, you know, what comes up when you're in that position and not necessarily having to engage with every thought, right? There's this awareness that 
I am not my thoughts. I'm the one hearing them, right? I am not my physical body. I am the one, you know, caretaking for it. I'm the one who's tending. I'm the steward of this body. What does that look like? And so, you know, as you're describing receiving, it sounds through this lens of being able to witness you know, our capacity, what is my capacity right now to receive? How much am I, right? Without judgment, like I heard zero judgment in these five steps. It was just noticing, yes. where am I at? <laughs> like this is, and this to me is, is very logical. Now you said something really interesting and this one speaks to me personally. And since we dare to talk about going behind the scenes, I'm going to bring yes, up the yes. behind the scenes because you said, okay, if you're at step one or you're at step two and you're realizing, ah, oh, you know, I'm at maybe 50% capacity to receive today. You said, okay, then it's time to increase our capacity to receive. How does a person begin with that? What does it look like to increase our capacity to receive? This, you're touching on a very beautiful and important nuance here, which is that's the moment when you realize, oh my God, I'm actually less than 50% available to receive right now. And I have a sales conversation booked today for a potential client. I'm not in that place where I can be receiving. So now you have choice. What is the choice? What does the rest of your day look like? How much time do you have between now and the call with the, with the potential client? Can you get yourself to a place of, I want to be in service and you call on God, you call on source, you call on something beyond yourself to help you be in service so that you're, you know, you're calling on your divine self. And actually I have a really fun technique for this too, which is very esoteric. So you can bring it, we can handle it. We can handle it. Either, you know, throw it away or they can receive it and enjoy it. Okay. Whatever you want to do with it. Here it is. What the next time you're in a phenomenal place, okay, where you're just like, yeah, I am crushing it. Life is good. I feel sexy. I feel phenomenal. You pause long enough to send some of that energy, some of those good vibes, and you use your imagination. You can make it look like a rainbow of like, you know, lightning bolts of love, you know, like going to your future self that is suffering because it will. We have our small self. It arises in order to be seen. And in some future version of me, I suffer And I go on a down because the cycles of life, right? I'm not always on a high. Sometimes I am. And then sometimes I go on a low. The next time I'm on a low, I'm sending love and good vibes to that future version of me. And then in that moment, when you realize you're at less than 50%, you take that time to receive those good vibes from that past version of you. And you you call it in, you breathe it in, you receive all those good vibes. And guess what? You can do it right now before you've sent it to yourself because you can then get in a good place and send it to your past version too. And it's something that I've done for many years. I send love and good vibes to the little girl, Marla, who suffered in childhood, who suffered in teen years, who suffered in adulthood. I've sent good vibes to all the versions of Marla across all the dimensions and all the realms. And so the idea is that you use your creative imagination to fill your own well and that you do it intentionally. And so you can always receive more. Just when you feel like you're depleted, you can always receive more from the universe and from you. So that moment when you realize that, you ask, can I receive more love, more up, 
uplift. Can I surrender powerfully into the intention of receiving in order to be of service? So I've also had migraines from time to time. And sometimes I can feel that coming on and I can ask myself, do I have the capacity to be of service and then take care of myself? Or do I need to take care of myself now by canceling that call? That's always a last resort for me because I believe in integrity and following through with what you say you're going to do. And sometimes the highest degree of integrity at times in our lives is to put yourself first and prove to yourself that you will never sacrifice yourself even for a moment. And so sometimes that is the most high integrity choice is to cancel that call and not in apology, in power. And you don't say, I'm sorry. You say, thank you for understanding. Thank you for understanding. I I really appreciate your flexibility. I need to cancel our call today. I'm still very much looking forward to talking with you, et cetera. And sometimes it's appropriate to cancel a call so that you can really take care of yourself. You know, as you explain this, I'm thinking about this this idea of energetic escrow. You know, we save money, hopefully in the bank account for a rainy day and that we could be saving for an emotionally rainy day or for a day when we could use a little bit extra. And so this idea of like energetic escrow where we're putting, you know, the surplus we have of joy or feeling good or being in the zone you know, in, in a place of storage where we can then call upon it, you know, or to send it back, which, yeah, which is 100% something that I do. I 100%, you know, send back grace, love, awareness to parts of me that I remember were hurting or were suffering, you know, and I'll often do that when I'm in a day of suffering like that. I will connect with, Oh, right. You know, and, and being in that place of sending love back also fills me in the moment yes, um, as well, exactly right? right? Increases that, increases that capacity. And I think that, I love how you talk about this as being esoteric, right? There's so many things that I didn't share within my coaching practice for a really long time because they also felt esoteric to me. They felt like, well, this doesn't fit in an Excel spreadsheet. Nobody's going to take it seriously. What I've come to learn is that these are actually really proven strategies. These are things that have actually been proven to work because I've done them again and again and again, and they work consistently. And so it might not be anybody's database, right? But there's there's case stuff. Exactly. There's science behind it. Meditation has been researched for decades now. And meditation, it is a meditative state. When we get into that playful imagination of intentionally sending good vibes to your future self, intentionally sending good vibes, you can, it is trackable. It is measurable. It's esoteric in that it is not as known out in the world. And it's been studied for decades. You can also send love and good vibrations to other people who are suffering, to humanity as a whole, to the animals who are suffering in the fires. You know, you can do this and it is a science-based experience because, you know, we know prayer has been studied, you know, when, when multiple people get together and pray and they do it together, it uplifts. I mean, crime rates have changed in certain areas by prayer being implemented in those cities. 
And by the way, everything fits in an Excel spreadsheet. So I'm with you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I love about this, it kind of comes full circle to what you were talking about at the very beginning of the conversation of of these different types of, specifically then it was intimacy and spirituality being one of them, you know, and and I, we talk specifically about the five pillars of what we build our career upon. And all of those five pillars are within ourselves, right? The idea of our spiritual self, our relational self, our intellectual self, our, you know, all these different avenues of ourselves. And you remind me of something that comes up again and again, and I would love to have your professional perspective on this because so many women, they begin to do the work of listening to their truth. They start to surrender. Let's say they work past the hustle bomb and then they come back to me and they say, and now Carly, I'm having a hard time relating to the people around me. I am growing and I am changing. And sometimes it shows up as, and now how do I explain this to my partner? I don't want to be their teacher, but I also don't want us to go down separate paths. So how do I explain this? Or, hey, I'm changing, I'm shifting, I'm growing, I'm living into the fuller version of myself and I'm realizing I don't fit in here anymore. The role I used to squeeze myself into, I'm no longer squeezing myself. I am expanding and now I don't fit in. And there's this, this is grieving that happens with growth, right? As we're, as we're changing and we're shifting. And I'm so curious from your professional perspective, how have you seen this show up? This idea that, okay, I do begin to surrender or I do begin to honor myself or I do begin to schedule time for myself to think. And now I'm thinking differently. Mm-hmm. but where do I fit in now? And, and is there anything we can do to ease that transition between who we were and who we're growing into in relation to those around us? Yeah, well, this, this brings up a, a, an important concept. And one of our slogans is full expression is the new happiness. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, happiness is not the goal. Full expression is the goal. And so you can replace fitting in with happiness here. Fitting into anything is something that is an effortful, trying-based, codependent kind of an experience. And so I say, congratulations. You don't fit into your old life anymore. That's wonderful. Can you celebrate that and not make it wrong? And can you also allow everyone in your life who you no longer fit with to be? Everyone has the right to be. And everyone has the right to be in their full expression, whether you enjoy it or not. And you can love that person on a soul level, on a heart level, on an unseen world level. And you cannot enjoy that, per- that person's full expression as a human. There are many people on earth currently <laughs> I don't enjoy as their human full expression. And on a soul level, I love everyone, every human, every human, and every human has the right to be. So when you realize that you don't fit into the old life anymore, instead of looking back at the old life and saying, God, what do I do about all that? Instead, ask yourself, can I observe myself of what part of me, because we're multifaceted beings, what facet of me wants to still stay connected there? And then is there something that I can do that actually feels good to me to still stay connected on some level with that until I feel genuinely that it, it is dissolving and I don't have to cut anything? This is about natural, organic evolution. This is not about I'm cutting these people out, you know? Right. 
unless there's abuse going on. And that's a different story, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about healthy people who just, you don't resonate with anymore. And so can you observe them and love them as they are and love yourself as you are in your new expression? And I kind of look at it like it's going from one trapeze rung. And when you get here, you have to completely let go of it. And then until you get to the next rung. So right. Like, right. And so there's that liminal space. Here's the leap. Here's the letting go. And this comes back to this idea of what courage it takes to be ourselves, what courage it takes to let go of what was in favor of, of what is. And the way you describe this, you remind me and for anybody listening who finds themselves in this space of, okay, I'm no longer fitting in exactly with this person or this group or this office or whatever it is. But that this is indication that something is wrong. This is the indication that something's right. Yes. Right? <laughs> and that we are, and that and we new. are. And new. And new. Julian and I listened to Paul Selig, who channels the guides, the Melchizedek guides. And, you know, they say that the new comes at the cost of the old. And so we need to be willing to let go of the old rung in order to really excitedly, with love in our heart, in full, powerful surrender, embrace the new. You cannot hold on to the old and grab the new in full gusto. You'll be half-assing it, you know? It's like if you're trying to ride two horses and you have one tush, you can't, you know? You need to be on one and let yourself be in your new expression. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking about anybody who's out there who's making this leap, maybe for the first time, or you're making a significant transition like this consciously for the first time. And sometimes it's hard to make a leap into the new and we don't know how good that new is yet. We haven't been there yet. We haven't experienced the fullness, right? Of a balanced, healthy relationship, maybe in that regard before. And so we know we're letting go of what doesn't work, but we haven't had an experience yet of what does work. Could you give anybody listening just an idea of what's on the other side of this leap? Oh, yes. And they already know, by the way. Here's another area that we have choice in, okay? You're going to love this. So we think we have no idea how the future is going to show up. But actually, one thing we do have is we have choice. We have choice in the quality of how you're going to receive your future self, how you're going to receive everything that comes to you from now and into the future. And so we don't know what's coming. We don't know the what that's coming, but we do know how we're going to receive it. And so you can choose in advance that whatever comes my way, I will receive it with joy and gratitude and a sense of awe and wonder. And you actually can start to create that. And that's what we've done. We've created phenomenal things in our lives. You know, we now have two homes. We now have, you know, it's like, it's wild when you let yourself ride the wave of the unknown in total bliss and joy. That powerful surrender. This is that powerful surrender that you speak of. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I could talk to you for for eight days and I hope that this is the beginning of more conversations. Summer party. Um, (laughs) Yes, please. So would you you be down for doing our two-way Q&A before we wrap up? Let's do it. All right. So Marla, question number one. If you came with a warning label, what might it say? (laughs) Oh, that is a good one. Don't come close unless you're ready to transform. 
Jeez Louise. She just said this, if you're listening, with like clear, loving gaze too. No blink. That just came through you so powerfully. And that's all that that relates directly to what you're talking about with not fitting in anymore. The people in my life who didn't want to transform from victim into observer, who didn't want to transform in their lives, they're all gone. Some family members, some friends, they don't want to be on this path and they don't want to be on it with me and they don't want to transform. And that's okay. I love that you don't sugarcoat that, that this is the reality of when we do honor who we fully are, there will be people who aren't on board. There will be the ending of things, you know, in service to the beginning of things. And that this is all, this is all part of it. Oh, that's a powerful warning label. So, so here's the two-way part um, before I ask you the final question, which is based on what we're talking about today, what's one question you have for somebody listening? What would you like to know? Mm, I would really love to know if you could let yourself feel into your deepest desire for your full expression in whatever areas you really desire, what would that look like? That's what I want to know. And I would love to hear, you can send me a DM on Instagram. I would love to hear the answer to that question from anyone who feels moved by that question. I want to know what your full expression looks like in the real world. Or what could it look like, right? Yeah, that's powerful. So I'm going to make sure that we have Marla's Instagram information right here in the show notes so that you can be in this conversation with us. Because what a beautiful thing to be in conversation around, both for ourselves and to see. I'm so curious to hear what other women's desires look like, especially because there's so little space to have that conversation. So to, to make room for that, I appreciate you. So here's my last question, Marla. What is one thing that even if other people disagree, you know, to be true today. Oh, yes. And I learned this from a mentor of mine who passed away a number of years ago. All feedback is love. All feedback. All feedback that comes to you is love. So even if somebody's yelling at you, even if someone is throwing troll hate messages at you, all feedback from the universe is love. And why is that true? Because everyone is just trying to get their needs met. Some people know how to do it in healthy ways. Some people only know how to do it in unhealthy ways. Some people only know how to come from a victim mentality. And so they're viewing you and your message as a perpetrator. And so they feel like you're attacking them. So they're going to attack you. And they're in that low vibration. And if you can remember that all feedback is love, then you don't have to align to that low vibration frequency and you keep your vibe high. Thank you so much for being here, Marla. And Marla's got a program in the works right now with her partner. So we'll also make a point to update the show notes when that, when that becomes available for anybody who wants to be in more conversation around the subject of intimacy, what I think is so beautiful, one of the millions of things that I think are so beautiful about you and your work, Marla, is that as you speak about intimacy with others, there's an invitation for intimacy with self too. It's both. It's, it's, yeah. You can't, uh, you know this, you can't be intimate with another unless you're intimate with yourself. It's not possible. Thank you for being here, Marla. Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely conversation. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> well, there we have it. 
I know that this episode was particularly rich. Marla covered so many areas. So remember, first of all, it's recorded. Go back, listen to it again as many times as you need to, just like I'm sure I will. But here's what I want to know from you today. What is one thought or question or idea that you do not want to forget? What is landing with you that you want to make sure that you will remember? Tag myself or Marla at the Intimacy Experts on Instagram, and I'll put a link to her contact info here in the show notes. And we'll keep the conversation going from there. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including yourself and your desires, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.